Welcome to this podcast, designed to help aspiring teachers take those fearful first steps with courage and determination. My name's Andrea. I've been working in the TEFL industry for many years in various roles, including head of studies, director of studies, teacher trainer, and as a freelance teacher. If you've ever felt nervous about going to an interview, you're not the only one. So many people are taking those first fearful steps after completing their TEFL certificate. But you don't have anything to worry about. Here you're going to receive tips, tricks and useful tactics that will set you up for getting a job in the TEFL industry. During this podcast, you're going to hear from a work colleague and good friend of mine about her own experiences of interviews and she'll be offering some useful tips about how to prepare and what you can expect. Greta has been working as a teacher of English as a foreign language for over 30 years. She currently works as a freelance teacher in Madrid and has grown her reputation by bringing energy and creativity to her classes. Welcome, Greta. Thank you so much for taking the time today to speak to myself and to our aspiring teachers who are tuning in. Uh, hi there, Andrea. It's a pleasure to be here. Happy to be here. Good right. afternoon to everybody. So why don't we start off with hearing a little bit of background about what you do as a freelance teacher? For sure. Um, the, what I do now mostly as a freelancer uh, I do quite a lot of private classes. I'm an examiner, a speaking examiner for the Cambridge exams. I do some teacher training and I write materials and I also do immersion courses. Wow, um, great. You have a lot of things that you're doing there. What, uh, well, you mentioned immersion courses. Can you tell our teachers uh, who are listening a little bit more about that? Yes, uh, sure. I mean, it, I. I for many years, I was a classroom teacher, so I would do the usual timetable block within the, within the school. Um, and this is very different in immersion courses where you're away, quite often staying away, you sleep over wherever the, the course is taking place, be it in a hotel somewhere or somewhere out of town. Uh, and you're with the students from breakfast time until bedtime. Um, it could be for a specific uh, area for learning to give presentations, meetings, telephone, or it could be general English. And it can be the ones that I've been doing have been from a week to two days. Uh, but you're away the entire day. It's immersion. It's not called immersion for nothing. They are completely immersed and so are you. You know, you're doing about 15 hours a day. You know, they're, they're full on, but great fun. Wow, that sounds great. Definitely does sound intense, but uh, that's something that uh, a lot of teachers get into. Uh, we'll have to find out more about that on, on another podcast, Retta. Mm -hmm. Today, we're specifically focusing on interviews and getting a job in the TEFL industry. And well, you've been working in the TEFL industry for over 30 years. Ooh, wow. Yes, yeah, <laughs> a long time. <laughs> it's a long time. A very long time. Can you remember as far back as your first interview? How were you feeling and um, what did you expect and what happened in the end? Well, surprisingly, given the amount of uh, experience I have, um, 
and being old, basically, I can. I mean, I get very, very nervous. And when I get very, very nervous, I start giggling. It's a reaction, you know, it's this involuntary reaction that you can't really stop yourself from laughing or giggling at very inappropriate times. But I remember doing that at the beginning. It was the, the usual stuff. The guy was very nice, charming, you know, asking about my CV and why I was going into teaching and what did I hope to achieve in my life, uh, in my career as a teacher. Uh, the, the typical stuff. The whole time, though, I was thinking, oh, please don't ask me anything about the tenses. I'm still not very good at them. And, oh, you know, beforehand, I'd been getting my boyfriend at the time to test me. It's a nervous wreck. And of course, he did the one thing that I was dreading. He asked me to, to uh, do a timeline on a flip chart behind me and to show the difference between the past simple test tense and the past continuous. And I was thinking, oh no, you know, so I sort of drew the line and then what am I going to do? I'm not quite really sure. And I don't know why this came into my head, but I drew one of these old fashioned like uh, bathtubs with claws on them me in a bath with you know loads of bubbles loads of hair and this side a burglar coming through the window you know with a striped t-shirt and the band you know the like the the mask you know the black mask over his eyes and a bag of swag uh to show the difference you know there, there was me having the bath and he came and interrupted me having a bath because he wanted to steal my family jewels and of course, the, I mean, I was kind of laughing and giggling, but by the end of it, so was the interviewer. Uh, he, he really was. He was wiping a tear from his eye. And he, I remember him saying, OK, you'll do. You're in. And that was that. <laughs> and I have to say that that drawing has stayed with me for over 30 years. When I have to, to try and really get the, the idea of a continuing action being interrupted by another, I still use that bath. And my hair hasn't changed either, <laughs> you know. But sometimes it's people delivering flowers rather than a burglar trying to steal my jewels. <laughs> That's a really great story. I love the fact that you're still using that image today to teach. <laughs> and for those people who obviously can't see you and don't know you, uh, I just want to say that Retta has a lot of hair. So you can imagine this great big head of hair with red, really curly hair. So this is a great image that uh, she's conjuring up here fantastic i love it thank you okay so um let's get down to some other questions that our, our teachers would like to know so what would you say is a typical interview process well the process i mean you you'll know yourself andrew the process has changed quite a bit now in that a lot of it is online so you can go to online platforms to websites etc and see um, who's looking for what and where uh, and the process that you will send uh, through the internet you send your CV and they will send you if it's through info jobs or something like that then they send you a little notice saying you know that you've been you're in the process uh, and then if you are what the, the company or the academy or the school are looking for, they get in touch with you and you can set up a, a time where it's convenient for both to go along for a, 
face-to-face -face interview is, it still is quite often the last part of it but beforehand it's different it to when I was starting out where we used to go and take a CV along to academies you know going through the front door sort of thing and, and ask if we could see someone or leave a, a CV or you would see something published on a notice board as well uh, so that bit has, has changed quite a bit it's much easier actually it's moved online but one thing that hasn't changed, um, and I'm quite sure that you'll agree with me on this, is word of mouth. It's, oh, yes. Uh, it, that is definitely a huge part of a process here. If you've been seen doing a good job somewhere, you can rest assured someone, a, a, a colleague in the same field, or someone else who knows someone who's looking for a teacher or has an academy, that you will be recommended. And that is definitely the way that that's still, in all the 30 odd years I've been teaching, that still uh, is one of the biggest ways of getting a job. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more with you, Retta. I think that this is something that teachers and people in general should be very aware of, that if you start out with some interviews with the academies, um, and you and your colleagues do a good job because you will know other teachers and you will probably be with other people who have also done their TEFL certificate. Uh, you can get basically recommended from one academy to another academy and through the jobs. And I think that's a really great thing to remember. Do a good job in those first interviews and then the interviews become less and less. That is our own experience, isn't it, Retta, with our jobs? Absolutely. I mean... I really haven't done many interviews at all in, in recent years. I'm asked, don't think people contact me and ask me to, to, to take something on. And it's also the way that I got into other areas in TEFL, for example, into teacher training or into Cambridge examining was because I knew someone or I'd met someone years ago or we stayed friends and, you know, I was kind of pushed into, you know, like, or recommended, you know. Um, so that all came from doing a good job in the beginning or the best of my ability and that stands you in good stead and then the word gets out and that is you end up having less and less interviews People absolutely exactly exactly you also mentioned another really good point a bit earlier on which was about the online process and mm -hmm. that everything is online these days and makes it so much easier it's also true now that uh, you tend to get invited to an interview online as well. And that can happen from one country to another or even in the same city. Um, but I think it's worth pointing out that that is quite a, a typical process as well these days to, as part of the interview process. So there's a nice point I, there. I think, yeah, and I, it's never, I haven't uh, ever had to interview online, but I do have friends who have. And they said it's very, very, very similar to the final part of the process where you go and have a face-to-face -face interview. But nowadays, it's definitely much more common. I mean, because if you're looking to move countries or something like that, or a different part of the country, then it's just so much easier to do things by, by Skype or any of the other available platforms. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's think about the next part of the process. Em. Um, can you remember any specific interview questions that you've had over the years? Uh, what about the answers you gave or, or would give now if you could go back and do them again? Well, there 
it never changes. And again, I'm pretty sure it's in the same uh, in all fields. Your strengths and your weaknesses. Where do you see your strengths and where do you see your weaknesses? Um, and I think it's a bit unfair to, to, to pile that question onto uh, to young people starting out because you don't really know what your strengths or your weaknesses are until you're in there and learning. I'm sure that from wherever you did your uh, your TEFL certificate, they will have given you a report saying, you know, like things that you're very, points where you're, you're really strong and other points to think about, you know, things that you have to work on. I mean, I remember that uh, timing was mine, you know. Um, I was good at setting up a classroom dynamic, but timing was something I had to work on. And I think that's something that you, you will learn uh, as you go along. Um, I think... Classroom management is another. How would you manage different classes? Uh, different class sizes, different class needs, because not everyone is doing a one-to-one, -one, not everyone's doing a small group. It just depends. So they'll want to ask you about class, how you would manage classroom management as well. And the other thing that I remember from last interviews, and I think maybe you have um, a similar experience here, Angie, is that they, uh, they give you 20 minutes or 15 minutes or something and a book. And they tell you to open the book at page 152 or whatever, and you have to uh, set up a lesson and a lesson plan around the lesson that's on that page. Uh, mine was uh, the present perfect and the past simple. That's quite a common one. No. Yes, uh, I, well, going to. I mean, have you got experience of that as well? Andrew? Yeah, no, I've had a. I've had some interviews that have done that as well. Um, I particularly remember being asked to plan a C1 class, so a much higher level class, mm. look at this page, look at the content, uh, what would you do in an hour class with that and what else would you add in? So on this occasion, they were looking for a much more about creativity, flexibility, um, what, what kind of activities you could add in that were away from the book. So yeah, that was a, an interesting uh, question to be asked as well. And I think it is a good idea, even although, you know, it's, you're very nervous because you haven't done a lot of interviews. Uh, oh, my goodness, they're asking me to plan a class, but it's a great experience. You know, you're put on the spot. What would you do with this with, with an hour, you know? Um, and I think it's um, a pretty good question to be asked. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I definitely advise teachers, new teachers to be prepared for that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. start thinking back to your TEFL certificate and the classes you've been planning, what things you can put into place, you know, the structure. Uh, so be ready for that to include a warmer and the, the activities, practice activities, production activities, all of those kind of things, have those things in mind. And then you have to be able to apply them to a group scenario, one-to-one, one, A2, C1, whatever the, the question comes out. Okay, uh, any others? Uh, I think those were the main ones because by the time that we had finished uh, talking about the lesson plan, um, I, I think, think there was something about discipline as well. If, if, if I was going to be teaching adolescents about discipline, but again, that comes into classroom management. You know, um, and yeah, discipline sure. is always going to be a tricky one if you've got adolescents. You know, it's always going to be. You need to find a way to have to draw that line where they can have fun, 
you know, and they're learning, but they can't cross over that line with you, you know, where it becomes that you're, you know, like friends rather than in a teacher student. And I think it's very important to, again, for new teachers who have not necessarily had this experience mm. to, to be aware of what are the, what are the ideas? How does it work? Um, study it, ask questions, take notes from your TEFL course uh, and remind yourself what is a good plan for managing classroom management with teenagers etc so even if you haven't got the experience you need to know what to do so that's a good one I've had a couple of other questions that I think uh, that are very typical very first question that I, I tend to get asked in an interview is uh, why have you chosen to be a teacher um, of English as a foreign language and quite often if you've moved as I did and you did better we've moved to another country mm -hmm. then the question is why this city why this country um, and I think it's good to have those things clear about what what you want to get from your experience as a teacher they often are looking for uh, passion uh, interest uh, and also kind of that sense of commitment are you committed to being here, even though perhaps you, you are a foreigner coming into another country? So, yeah, I think those are Very true. those, are those Very typical true. questions. Yeah. OK, let's move on. Um, what's either the funniest or most embarrassing interview you've had? What happened? Well, as I said, I haven't had many interviews, but can you really believe it? Even within not having had many, there's still room for embarrassment. Um, I didn't know if I was going to tell you this, but I, I will, okay, uh, because you can't see me. <laughs> but uh, I went for many, many years ago, and my boyfriend at the time had applied. He'd done the walking around, seen this place he was going to go for an interview. And he decided in the end that he didn't want to do it. So I popped off to the uh, telephone box, didn't have a telephone in those days either, uh, phoned them up and said, could I ask if I could go in their place, his place? And they said, of course. So off I went, it was two very nice young women who were starting up a company uh, with a friend of theirs, a guy. So the, the three of them were there. I was asked the, the usual questions, you know, that was my strengths, my weaknesses, my uh, why did I want to be a teacher? Was I a career teacher or was I just there for a little while? I've always been a career teacher, but... And I wasn't quite so nervous um, about being asked to do a timeline this time. However, this, this shows you how long ago it was. Um, I was wearing a very nice, very smart body thing, bodysuit, a teddy that had studs underneath because it was just coming into spring, summertime. Um, very nice. Um, but as I sat down for the interview, the studs popped. And I had the whole time answering these questions with a smile on my face, thinking, please don't make me stand up to do something, to show something on a timer or on the board or something like that. And of course they did. And I stood up and I could just feel the, 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 this flouncy teddy top was, <laughs> was riding further and further up my torso. Um, and they'd asked me to do it <laughs> on the present perfect or something. And they were looking at me, I'm looking at them and I'm giggling because... I, do, I giggle when I'm nervous and they said, is something wrong? And I said, uh, yes. Uh, and I told them, I had to tell them because there was no getting out of it. So I said, please, could I be excused? Kind of put my hand up like a student, please, could I be excused? Could I go to the bathroom? And I, normal service will be resumed as soon as possible. So I did, 
sorted myself out, finished the finished the, the whatever it was I was doing. It was a pleasant, perfect thing. And I got the job. That was nice of them. I think oh, they did well. it out of, out of pity more than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say don't tell anybody else, but it's out there now. <laughs> yes, I think it is. I think it is. Uh, I love the fact that they offered you the job anyway. <laughs> yes. I mean, was it pity or entertainment value, you know? Um, has that happened to you? Must You must have one or two as well. Oh, definitely nothing quite as drastic as that, Meta. I can say, thank, thankfully. I, I'm quite happy to say that. No, I think the most embarrassing question I was asked uh, almost in my first interview or second or third interview uh, was if I could uh, do, like you said on the board, some work on the conditionals. And to be honest, I just couldn't do it. And I had to say no. I literally just had to say, I'm sorry, I, I can't do that. Um, that was very embarrassing. And I can promise you that straight after that, I went home and I studied and I made sure that I had every conditional in my head uh, and I knew how I was going to <laughs> deliver it. Of course, I don't think anyone ever asked me for that question exactly as it was ever again after that. But it was it was a moment in my life that uh, I didn't want to be be going through that again. Yeah. However, I mean, you did the, you think you, you did the right thing. I mean, you can't possibly know all the answers to, to everything, and especially when you're starting out and it's maybe something that's more advanced or the conditionals are always, you know, like tricky. You have to admit it, you know, that shows that you're a, an adult, you know, that you can say that you don't know something, but you will go and find it out, you know. And absolutely. Like you, said, you rush home to find it out. Yeah, it's never happening to me again, you know? No, absolutely. And I'm pretty sure in my response, apart from saying no, I did say that, you know, if that happens to me in a class, I would clearly go away and study it. I would prepare it for the next class. That's always a good thing to say, I think. If you get put on the spot with a grammar question, is just to say, uh, I, I don't know that. And if I was asked that question, I would say to the students, um, I'll prepare something on that for the next class. Let's take a look, and then I would go uh, away and study it. So it's always a that's always a good thing to to respond, just Absolutely. to show that you're willing at the end of the day. Okay, um, what do you think recruiters are looking for from a teacher? Are they more interested in teaching grammar skills than a teacher being on time, for example? Um. I think both of these things are, are they're going to be looking for 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 both. Taking being on time for first uh, in first place, it's uh, definitely important. As a teacher, your life is going to be governed by time, from when you start a, a class to when you finish. How long an activity is taking? Uh, is it taking too long? It's not long enough. Uh, how long you've got to go over something or do corrections? You're going to be governed by time. So you need to be on time for a class. And it's not just the, the knock-on effect for your students who are having to wait. Then it's your colleagues who might have to cover. The whole thing just looks extremely unprofessional. And professionalism is definitely one of the things that the recruiters are, are, are looking for. You know, first off, you know, I think professionalism and reliability. 
And in terms of can you teach the grammar skills, etc., well, we've both said that we don't know the every single question we've been asked, but what we do is make sure that it, we've got an answer for the student in the next in the next class, etc. That's part of your job to to go away and make sure that when you're teaching something, uh, relative clauses, the passive, whatever, that you've really assimilated it and thought of a good way to, to teach it to your students. That's part of your ongoing process of being a teacher. But I think more than anything, professionalism is one of the most, is the most important thing. Uh, and reliability. Mm -hmm. I agree. Really, really key for me. Um, coming across as professional in the interview is so important, I think, for, for what academies and schools are looking for. And that, of course, being professional includes a whole range of things, but anything from being on time and being able to prepare your classes, and uh, not necessarily being the most skilled at grammar, but being competent enough to be able to teach the, the points that are relevant to the, the levels. Um, I think that academies want people as you said who are reliable and schools who are reliable because they want you to do the job and they want to be able to leave you to do the job and not be having to chase you up every five minutes not being able to have to call you to make sure things are done or not being able to have to deal with complaints or lateness or anything like that so it's so important and i think that if people keep that in mind um, and come across that way and, and behave that way, of course, uh, from there on in, that will be a really good way to continue to get jobs. Um, and for me, it's always worked. Yeah, absolutely. And then right up there with, with professionalism and reliability is enthusiasm for your job, interest, that you that you clearly enjoy what you're doing. I think you you really need to put that out there and show that you can devise classes that are student centric. You know what I mean? You'll have complaints about timing if you're late, etc. And then people have got to chase you up, as you said, Angie, or constantly hold your hand about something. You'll also get complaints about a class is boring. You know, so you've got to inject it with a bit of life as well. Definitely. Okay. So I think we'll finish with this, this last question. Um, what things do you recommend our aspiring teachers do to have a successful interview? What do you think is important for them? Right. Well, I know we kind of talked about having three things, but I've got more. And I, like, I love a mnemonic, you know, and I think in these cases, they quite often help. And I've come up with one for going for a successful interview, and it's dapper. Be dapper. Now, we all know that being dapper is being, you know, quite smartly dressed, um, you know, like eye-catching, etc. However, it's not in this case. Eh? But if you can keep dapper in your head, I hope these might, might help you, you know. And so we've got the D, which is for dynamic, yeah? so that you, no one says you have to go in there being like a superhero, but have a little bit of dyna dynamism about you, you know, a bit of enthusiasm there and that you're friendly as well and you're interested in people you know um the a is for approachable you have to, as a teacher to be approachable and as an interviewee you have to be approachable i mean nobody's going to want to interview someone that's sort of giving off really negative vibrations uh so you have to be approachable 
you have to be professional. We spoke about this earlier and we can't stress it enough, I think. You really do have to look professional. Uh, if you, you want to, to make the most of a career in TEFL teaching, you have to, to be professional. Not only looking the part, but being the part. The second B is for being patient. Now, you're going to have to be patient your entire career as well. But quite often what people do, and if it's a more than a one-to-one -one interview, if you've got more people, and this definitely happened to me um, before I, uh, I moved abroad for TEFL, but in, an, in another job, I had three people asking me questions at the same time. And I had to, re and I think it was probably a tactic, but I had to be very patient, try not to lose my nerve and ask to have the, the uh, questions explained to me again and what did they actually want to ask me. So being patient as possible. Uh, the E, we've already spoken about enthusiasm, uh, but this time I'm going to say engaging because if you come across as an engaging person, people are going to want to see more of you and be with you more you know, and quite often engage you as a teacher. So finally, I've got a double thing for our rapport, which I think is really necessary in teaching. You have to be able to set a, a, a good rapport, a good learning environment. And in, a, in an interview situation, you have to set up a, yourself with the interview panel that there's very good feeling and good flow between you so that, that you're the person that they, they'll remember because they're probably interviewing quite a lot of people and you could have reliability there as well but so we could put you have to you can they can rely on you to set up a rapport or build a rapport so you've got the double r there so dapper that would be what i would say to any aspiring teachers going through the interview process and then on to the career uh, in teaching uh, English as a foreign language, then be dapper. Wonderful. What <laughs> a lovely way of summarising that. Thank you, Retta. And well, we've come to the end of the, the podcast. So I just want to say thank you so much for being dapper yourself during this <laughs> podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here. It's been a pleasure to be here and to, to work with you, Angie. It's always a pleasure and never a chore. Wonderful. Thank you. And thank you, listeners, for joining us today. I wish you lots of luck with your yeah. interviews. And please let me know how everything goes, if you've had some success or not. Yeah, I wish everybody good luck out there. I'm sure you'll be absolutely fine once you get going. Good luck. Thank you. <laughs>